You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, this is Donna Haleson. Welcome to Pet Life Radio's On the Road with Mac and Molly. Thanks so much for tuning in. On our recent visit to Colorado Springs, Colorado, Jean, Mac, Molly, and I had the pleasure of staying at the Mountaindale Cabins and RV Resort. This 45-acre property is situated in the beautiful Pikes Peak region, and we heartily recommend it for its beautifully maintained grounds, level campsites, helpful staff, and nicely-sized dog play yard. Almost immediately upon our arrival at Mountaindale, we had the additional pleasure of meeting our next-door neighbors, Debbie and Bill Good of Lafayette, Indiana. These full-time RVers share quarters with two wire-haired fox terriers, Cosmo and Belle. Debbie took note of our Mac and Molly and asked if she might photograph them. I came to discover through the chats that followed that Debbie is a pet and wildlife artist, a marvelous one at that, and she deemed Mac and Molly potential subjects for an artistic rendering. I've invited her to join us today to share a bit about her life as an artist. What inspires her? What makes a good subject? How does she carry what she sees to her canvases? What is her process? And why does she focus on pets and wildlife? We'll address all of these questions and many more when we return from these messages. So, please, sit, stay. We'll be right back after this pause. Sit, stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Buster, you're telling me my dog food products can't go on your shelves? That's right. Didn't pass one of my Petco certified nutrition checklists. Sorry, Wayne. Who made these checklists? Geniuses. Very smart guys. Well, it's good enough for most grocery stores. Do you see cheese puffs on my shelves? Mayonnaise? Soda pop? No. That's because I ain't running no grocery store, Wayne. Your pets will get better nutrition, I guarantee it. Petco, where healthy pets go. Enter the code LUCKY10. L-U-C-K-Y, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. I play tennis because I love to. But inside, I want to win. Take away the court, the net. I might not be a player, but I'll always be a competitor. Lady Foot Locker understands that. Lady Foot Locker. The first to carry Adidas off-court shoes and the gear that goes with them. If you play your best, there's no regret. Lady Foot Locker. One place. Every woman. Go to LadyFootLocker.com and enter the code AFMAC1LF to get 10% off any order of $50 or more. Or enter the code AFMOL2LF to get 15% off any order of $75 or more at LadyFootLocker.com. How would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called Info Seeds. Info Seeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit PetLifeRadio.com. Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of Info Seed or email us at PetLifeRadio.com. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Hi, 
everybody. I'm Megan Blake here with my sidekick, Super Smiley. <laughs> the giant mutt and spokes dog for throwaways. You're listening to Pet Life Radio, and I'd like to tell you about our brand new show, A Super Smiley Adventure. Our show explores adventures with animals. They can be traveling, out in the world trips, or inner journeys where our animals lead us to inspiration and self-discovery, or just plain fun adventures. Join us here on Pet Life Radio on A Super Smiley Adventure. Good boy. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Well, we're back. And delighted to have with us today pet and wildlife artist Debbie Good of Lafayette, Indiana. In a conversation just prior to the show, Debbie told me that she and her husband had decided to come off the road for a bit. But though they still own a stick and brick home, they have chosen to remain in their fifth wheel as it has become home for them. They're going to be visiting with friends and family till September and then they'll be on the road again. Perhaps she'll tell us in a moment where they expect their travels. We'll take them next. But let's just now begin with our meeting at the Mountaindale Cabins and RV Resort in Colorado Springs. And I do want to right now just welcome Debbie to the program. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Donna. Well, it's wonderful to be able to reconnect with you, if uh, only via the uh, airwaves. But uh, I would love to hear what the latest is with you. And uh, I think all of our listeners would be very interested to hear what it's like to be an artist, uh, focusing most especially on pets and wildlife. I'm wondering if perhaps we, uh, we might start even talking about Mac and Molly. I think that that might begin to give us a sense of what it is about a particular subject that might attract you. And uh, so I would ask, you know, what, what caught your eye about these two old English sheepdogs? What intrigued you about them? Why did you think that they might be good subjects for one of your renderings? Well, I think first and foremost, it was probably their exuberance for life. Just watching through the rearview window there and, and seeing them kind of jump around going from one end to the other definitely caught my attention. And then I think it's all that hair and the fact that their eyes, which is normally how we really communicate with animals, you know, is through those lovely eyes. And theirs are pretty much obscured. So there, there automatically begins to be a mystery about them. So I would have to say that's, that's probably what drew me in more than anything else. Now, you and your husband do travel about the country in your RV, and I, I wonder how you happen to get into that life. Why, why the life on the road? And how is it traveling with your Cosmo and Belle? Well, actually, Cosmo and Belle were probably one of the main reasons why we ended up traveling on the road. Um, once my husband retired, we decided there were lots of places and, and people that we wanted to see and experience. And we didn't want to leave our dogs home. The few times that we'd gone on family vacations where we left the dogs, we missed them terribly. So we made the decision that um, this was probably the only way to accomplish that was just to have our home on wheels and then we could all go together and be comfortable. Do you have some stories of life on the road with Cosmo and Belle? Maybe some particular joys that you've had or some challenges that you've found as you've moved about the country with the dogs? Well, I think... Probably in the beginning, the biggest challenge was um, just getting them into the routine 
of, you know, packing up, getting loaded up, and heading down the road. And uh, they're, neither one of them are very good travelers, so there is some nervousness. And, of course, then they had to get used to all the different, you know, we, we went west, and there was all of a sudden there was no grass, and there's prickly, stickly things. And I think it was just um, trying to protect them and help them to understand, you know, that the scenery changed almost on a daily basis. Um, that's been somewhat challenging. Um, but the joys of being able to expose them to, for example, Cosmo loves to swim. He loves to get into the water. So whenever we're at a park where there's a pond or, or a creek or something, we always go down and the dogs get to explore the water. And, and meeting and greeting all the new people, that's always a fun thing, too. Now, what kind of a vehicle are you using as you're traveling about the country? And why did you choose that particular mode of transportation? Well, I, as opposed to like, for say, we liked the fifth wheel because, as opposed to say a motorhome, because I didn't want to see, I wanted this to really feel like home. And I didn't want to see a steering wheel and all the dashboard and the things that go along with like a class C yeah. or a motorhome. We also felt like there was so much more storage potential. You know, we had more like a regular closet in the bedroom and a full-size shower. And it was also about comfort. And we just felt like a fifth wheel fit us better than any other choice. Now, how long have you been traveling in this way around the country? We are starting our fourth year. Okay. And... Any advice or just something really, I don't know, maybe simple but profound <laughs> that you might give to those who are thinking about getting on the road with dogs? Patience. <laughs> A lot of patience, I think. And you really need to know your pet and, you know, uh, look for those signs if they're going to be car sick or if they're having problem adjusting to. Uh, one thing we found out is just the water. A lot of times we will take a gallon of water um, with us, you know, from one place to the next place just to give them a little bit of a chance to get used to the difference in the water at the new location because that can upset their tummies. Absolutely, and we've seen that happen with ours as well. well. I wonder if we might turn to your work as an artist, and perhaps we might start with uh, just some background. You're native to where, and uh, some of your history in art. You know, when you first exhibited a talent, perhaps. Those might be uh, some of the questions to which you might respond. Well, I am native to Lafayette, was born and raised here, and I didn't really... I mean, I always enjoyed art, and I loved to do art, you know, all through school, but I never really looked at it as a serious profession until after the birth of my son, which was in 1983. And a girlfriend who had just recently also had a child called me up and said, let's do a mom's day out. And she knew about this great little art shop, and she convinced me that I needed to go take a painting lesson just, just for fun. So we did that, and... I was hooked immediately. I just so thoroughly enjoyed the process and learning all about it. And I continued to paint. And one thing that I'm really proud of is I uh, actually ended up teaching at that very art shop, ended up teaching other people how to paint. I don't have any formal training by way of a college or university. I primarily am self-taught. But I did study under, you know, other professional artists from time to time. If they would come to teach at the shop, I would take their classes and learn from them. 
Well, in what media do you work? And I, I do know that you are, I believe, particularly an acrylic artist, but are you working in other forms as well? No, I really do pretty much stay with the acrylics. One thing, I started in oils and, uh, and I've dabbled in a little bit of watercolor, but I found that I'm most comfortable with acrylics. And the thing about living in a fifth wheel is you don't have a lot of space. So you pretty much need to settle in on what it is you need. And, you know, I, in other words, I can't really afford the space to have a selection of oils, a selection of watercolors, and a selection of acrylics and all that goes with those different mediums. So that's why I tended to stay and focus with the acrylics. Do you think you can kind of articulate, I guess, why you are an artist? Wow, that's a really tough question. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I said, can you articulate that and answer to that question? That's a, it is, that's a hard, I think that is a hard question. I think it's the joy that it brings me. And, the joy that I see, for example, when I, I paint a, uh, a portrait of a pet for a client and when I give that finished portrait to them and to see their eyes light up and marvel at what I've done and that, that makes me happy. And that's kind of what life is all about is finding those special little places that make you happy. So I would say that's probably the biggest thing is it's just a joyful thing for me. I really love what I do. One of the things that intrigues me about art is, I think, the way that the artist sees. I think someone behind a camera, someone approaching a canvas, is looking out at a subject in a particular way so that they are then able to bring what they are seeing uh, to that particular art form. Can you, can you talk a little bit about how you see what do you see perhaps that, and what do you see perhaps that others who are, I don't know, just going about their day may not see? Well, I'm usually attracted by color. I really like color, and it can be intense or it can be soft. It, it doesn't really matter. Texture is probably next. That, that gets my attention. And I think most artists would agree with me. Not all, I'm sure, but I've, I've heard this repeated when I've talked to other artists. When we look at something, especially something we're trying to bring to the canvas, we don't see the whole. In other words, when I'm painting, let's say, a portrait of a dog, I don't see the dog as a whole. I'm looking for shapes and textures and how I can then take those shapes and textures and represent them on the canvas. And so even when I'm, say, meeting someone for the first time, a person, even though that I don't do uh, people portraits, But yet, when I look at their face, I'm still looking at those interesting shapes and colors and textures and thinking to myself, how could I represent that? How could I take a brush and paint and produce that color or that texture on canvas? So I think that, for me, is how I see the world. Do you think in some way that your subjects call to you? A question that I was going to ask is how you choose your subjects, but it sounds in the response that you've just given that in some ways you feel as though your subject is calling to you. Would that be an accurate thing to say? I think so. I think that's a very, very accurate thing to say. There's usually something that gets my attention and pulls me in. And you can't lay your finger on just one thing. It could be a look, like I said, a color, a texture, something that that just brings me to them. Now, why do you focus most especially on pets and on wildlife? Well, ever since I was, 
ever since I can remember, I have always felt a connection with with animals and and wildlife. And I think that's why I'm drawn to them. It's my opportunity to try to capture that and hopefully share it with, with my viewers, the people that, that, that purchase my art or see my art. I just, I don't know. There just seems to be a, a connection there that I've always I've always had a special place in my heart just for them. That's wonderful. Well, do you work primarily from photographs or from life? And I, <laughs> I'm kind of wondering if it's the latter, how you actually get your subjects to cooperate with the process. <laughs> I do work from photographs. It's, mm-hmm. It would be very difficult. I'm not saying impossible because there are a lot of folks out there that do set up their canvas in the wild. But um, I prefer to work from photographs. I do like to take my own if and when I can, but it's not a requirement. Um, and, of course, it's always nice to meet the animal face-to-face and in person. But um, as long as I have good reference photos, I can usually do a, a very good rendering um, from those. Now, do you have a particular process that you follow with each artwork? And, and do you have a pattern to your workday? don't really have a pattern to my workday other than I usually don't start on a painting. I like natural light. So I definitely want to wait till the sun's up and I've got some nice light coming in through the window. And and I usually quit, you know, by three or four in the afternoon. I tend to paint maybe four to six hours uh, a day. As to my process, uh, a lot of times it'll take me two or three days. to. If I don't have a commission, it might take me two or three days going through my photographs to find that one that, that I'm drawn to that I want to paint. And then a couple of days of just kind of thinking it through, what I'm trying to accomplish. And then, of course, the sketch will come, and then I start putting paint to canvas. Okay, well, at this point, why don't we uh, take a short break so that our sponsors can have a word, and uh, we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to 1-800-PetMeds.com forward slash road R-O-A-D to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. FTD's network of over 40,000 florists around the world have been creating beautiful handcrafted arrangements for 100 years. Each arrangement is delivered the same day and backed by FTD's seven-day satisfaction guarantee. For a century, people have trusted their most important occasions to the flower experts at FTD. Since Pet Life Radio is all about puppy dogs and flowers, our listeners, that's you, can get a 20% discount on your order. Just go to florop.com and use the code LUCKYS20 at checkout. F-L-E-U-R-O-P.com. Code word L-U-C-K-Y-S and the number 20. There's a movement afoot. Shoebuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop Shoebuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. 
ShoeBuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code ROAD, R-O-A-D, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Live radio.com. Okay, so we're back, and uh, again, just delighted to have with us today Debbie Good, pet and wildlife artist. And we've been talking about all kinds of things from process and the pattern of her workday to what. Uh, she sees and how she brings what she sees to the canvas. Wondering now, Debbie, if we might uh, turn a little bit to the matter of inspiration. Can you speak a bit about what inspires you and perhaps even what artists have inspired you? Yeah, that's another tough question I'd have to say. I can't really say that there's a particular artist or artists that inspire me. I appreciate other people, um, other artists and their paintings, and I always enjoy in our travels. I always seek out galleries. I like to see what other folks are doing. But I still have to come back to the animals for my inspiration. That's what truly inspires me to paint. Once again, whatever it is that captures me, that, that brings me to that particular painting is brought to me through, through that animal. And that's what makes me get that itch to pick up that paintbrush and work whatever magic I can on the canvas. Now, what about the background, the surroundings in each of your artworks? Do you come up with those from your own imagination? Are you finding them in the settings that you're visiting? Are there backgrounds that you use or is your subject strictly the, the pet or the, uh, or the other kind of animal that you're rendering? kind of depends on the animal. And I, I don't rely on my imagination a lot. I'm a realistic painter. And I find if I rely too much on my imagination then let's say there's rocks in the painting. It seems like after a while, every third or fourth rock starts to look exactly the same. <laughs> so I do try to look at photos because nobody does it better than Mother Nature herself in terms of variety and, and uh, spice of life. So what I might do is if I have an animal and I'm not happy with the background that I shot the animal in, for example, if it was at a zoo and it just really wasn't that appealing, then I'll go back through some of my other photographs to see if I can find a landscape shot that might work with that animal and then combine the two. And that's what I find works best for me. 
Well, you talked about the the inspiration that you find in the animals and the pets that uh, that you've encountered. Are there, as since you are someone who is a full time RVer, are there places around the country that have been particularly inspirational for you? Are there places where you have found animals that have just particularly captured your attention? Well, I think for me, being out west, and I think because I've I'd never been there before. I remember when I when we were driving out and the landscape started to change and the mountains and the color of the sky. It was truly awe-inspiring. I mean, I just literally was sitting on the edge of my seat, you know, watching all this go by and wondering, you know, how I could I was so thankful that I was finally there and and getting to experience all this firsthand because photographs just don't do it all justice. As far as the animals, I think whatever, I really enjoy seeing an animal in its native surroundings. So I get very excited, for example, when I'm out west and a roadrunner comes scurrying across my my site. You know, I immediately run and get my camera and try to get all the pictures that I can get. So I don't know that there's a particular animal. I think it's just the idea of seeing that animal in their own environment, being wild and free and, and just doing what it does. Wonderful. Couldn't you share maybe a little bit about some of the, the high points or the, the interesting stories, the, the funny stories perhaps that uh, you have from your life as an artist? Well, I think one of the, the most touching stories that I can share with you is we were staying at an RV community in uh, Florida one year, and right across my side was this beautiful little Boston Terrier. And I, that was one of the first animals pets that I had ever had experience with and she her name was Susie and she and I kind of grew up together and she was my playmate and my protector so I've always kind of been drawn to Boston Terriers and I decided I was going to paint that dog so I went out and you know got permission from the owner and took a bunch of pictures and uh, worked away very diligently I think it was one of the best pieces that I have done to date I was very pleased with it and I wasn't going to sell it I was going to put it in my own little private collection But when I showed it to the owner, tears came to his eyes, and I could see that that painting had to go home with him. There was just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And, of course, he offered to pay me, and I said, no, just your expression and your enjoyment of the painting is is enough for me. And as it turns out, his wife had fallen ill and was currently in the hospital, so we actually took the painting to the hospital so that she could still have the dog's name was Stoli, so she could still have Stoli there with her, you know. And it was very comforting, I think. Anyway, later that evening, a knock came on my door, and I opened the door, and here he was standing with a dozen roses for me as a thank you. And I was very touched by that, and I know to this day that they love and enjoy that, that portrait, because unfortunately, our pets aren't with us forever. We always seem to outlive them. So I know that's something that they'll always have, uh, and they'll cherish And and that's a good feeling. Absolutely. Absolutely. Perhaps you might tell us a bit about, I guess, what you want your art to do. You shared it a little, shared a little bit, really, really quite a lot, actually, in just the the story about this man and uh, and his dog and the and the power, I guess, in that conveyance that uh, you know you're having put to canvas the this dog and him having that that piece of art to be able to cherish, especially in the midst of such a, a difficult time in his life. But I, I maybe you could share perhaps even a little more about the power that lies 
in art and how a piece of art can transport us or change us. Well, I think it's, it's all about the emotions. And I think when you go to a gallery and you're um, exposed to some original art, and I think it's, it's really, I mean, prints are nice, but I think if you can go and actually see the real thing, there's just a power there. And what it brings out from deep inside, you know, whether it's happiness or sadness or maybe it triggers a, a memory from somewhere, I think that's what every artist strives for is that emotional connection, that response to that painting. And for me with animals, like I said, I have a real soft spot in my heart for animals and I just want the rest of the world to see what I see, to see their beauty, their intelligence, their grace. And to know that that they're worth it. They're worth saving. They're worth, um, you know, not chopping all the trees down in the forest, you know. That they contribute so much to our lives in sometimes ways we don't even notice. but, But we would miss if they were gone. So that's kind of where, for me, that's what my paintings do. It gives people, I hope, that glimpse inside of uh, that very special place of an animal. Well, so do you accept commissions for pet portraits, and uh, and how do you do these? Yes, I do. I very much enjoy accepting commissions to paint people's pets. And basically, I have a website, and people can contact me either by phone or by email. And I just start by having them send me the photograph, take a look at the dog, and kind of get an idea of what it is they're looking for in the portrait, whether they just want you know, head and shoulders or whether they really want the full dog and what kind of background they might want. And once we agree upon a price, then we get started. Now, where would folks be able to take a look at your artwork? Do you have a a blog? Are you on Facebook? The best place is probably to go to my website, which is www.debbygood.com. And good has an E on the end of it. And there you'll find a gallery of the things that I've done, and you'll find contact information. And there are also links there to both my travel blog and my art blog. And my art blog kind of has the process and will show a a painting kind of a step-by-step procedure. Wonderful. Well, is there anything else that you'd want to be certain to mention as we close out our time today? I guess the only thing that I have to say is when you adopt a pet or whether you purchase a pet, and hopefully you'll adopt, spay or neuter. That's very important in today's (laughs) world. So that we, my son just adopted a Siberian Husky that we found at the shelter. Beautiful dog. And that was the first thing, of course, we were required to do, but we would have done anyway. So I encourage people who are looking for pets to adopt when they can and to definitely do the spay or the neuter. Well, wonderful advice to uh, end our time. And again, Debbie, I want to thank you so much for being with us. And I thank you for having me. Enjoyed it very much. (laughs) Oh, great. Well, and as always, I'm also so grateful to our listeners for tuning in today. And I do hope that you'll be with us next time as we head out on the road with Mac and Molly. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.